podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. This morning, we're going to look uh, in Hebrews 11 and looking at the subject, what kind of faith? When I was a teenager, way back in the 1980s, anybody can remember that far back, George Michael sang a song, You're Gonna Have Faith. Now, if I was slightly braver, you might have had that as an intro track to my talk, but I'm not quite as brave as that. Faith is something that everybody exercises every single day, probably every moment of every day. None of us can live a single day without exercising some sort of faith in the world around, around us. When you flick on a light switch, you'd expect the light would come on. When you turn the ignition key in a car, you have faith that the engine will start, that the brakes won't fail and the steering will work. We have faith when we go to sleep at night, that when we wake up the next morning, it will be a new day. When you came into this building this morning, and any other building, you put your faith in the architect, the builders, and the materials that the building was built on. When we go to see a doctor or in hospital, we're putting faith in their ability to treat us. When you put a letter in the post, unfortunately our post is not here, but anyway, when you put a letter in the post, you have faith it will be delivered to the correct destination. And for some of you, there's a little more faith in sending an email. Now, a couple of months ago, Rachel and I had to put our faith in a few straps and a cable. Terrified me watching that even now. <laughs> you notice I got down first. I, I mean, not saying anything or anything. It wasn't a competition. Rachel had a parachute behind her, so she had to slow her down a little bit. So we, we exercise faith in the world around us every day. And this, this morning, I just want to quickly look at our faith in God and what kind of faith that is or should be. So let's turn to Hebrews 11 
And we're going to read from the very beginning of Hebrews 11, verse 1, all the way through to chapter 12 and verse 3. So, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is what's visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, he was conde he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his, in his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been looking, thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when, tested by, test, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your, off, your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when, he, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a, of greater value than treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry, ground, dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who came, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the shut <coughs> mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such, great, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I pray that God will bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Lord, we've read about people in the past who have been commended for their faith. And this morning we just want to look at what kind of faith that is. Lord, I, help, I pray that you help me speak your words. May they not be my words, but they be your words spoken through me. Lord, may we have ears that are attentive. And may we listen to what you are saying to us this morning. Lord, help us have true faith in you. Bless this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to look at six characteristics of what faith is. The kind of faith 
we need to have. Faith is believing when we don't see it. Faith is obeying when we don't understand it. Faith is giving when we don't have it. Faith is persisting even when we don't feel like it. Faith is thanking before we receive it. And faith is trusting even when it seems to be going wrong. And I need to have faith in what that teeth are going to stay in because it feels like they're going to fall out. So firstly, faith is believing when we don't see it. In Hebrews verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1, we read, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is visualising the future in advance. It is seeing the future in the present. Present. Faith is believing when we don't see it. Some things have to be believed before they can be seen. The world says seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. In verse 7 we read, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. Noah was told to build a big boat. We all know that. God told him a big flood was coming. He believed that without seeing it first. If Noah had waited to see it, he would have been in a right mess. In Hebrews 11 verse 22, we read, By faith, Joseph, when he was when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instruction concerning the burial of his bones. Joseph didn't see the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, but he certainly believed it was going to happen. And he asked for his body to be taken back to Canaan when they left. Neither jo- Joseph nor Noah saw what God had promised, but they had faith to believe and to take action. We too have got to have faith that believes when we don't see it. Number two, faith is obeying when we don't understand it. All the people that we've read in Hebrews 11, read about in Hebrews 11, stepped out in faith when they didn't understand. Abraham is a classic example of obeying when you don't understand. In verse eight, we read, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He was about 75 years old, and God asked him to give up all his security. God said, I want you to leave, pick up everything, and get ready for the greatest adventure of your life. God gave Abraham no details. Abraham asked, where are we going? God said, you've never heard of it. Abraham asked, how long is it going to take? God said, you'll find out. Abraham asked, how will I know when I get there? And God said, I will let you know when we get there. Sometimes God will tell you to do something in your Christian life and you'll think there's no way that's going to work. Yet God says, do it. Many years ago, I was challenged 
by God to leave my secure, well-paid job in a stable industry with a secure career path and venture into the unknown world of website development. Working for a charity with a, for a lot less money, with a long commute and no obvious career path. I'll be honest, I had my doubts and I wasn't sure it was going to work out. But with confidence, looking back, I can tell you that it did and God was in it all the way through. In fact, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't taken those steps. So we have got to have a faith that obeys even when we don't understand it. Number three, faith is giving when I don't have it. In verse four, we read, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Abel's offering to God was commended as an act of faith. Giving and faith go together. God uses our money, our talents and our time to test our faithfulness. Let's see what Jesus had to say. Turn with me in, uh, to Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Bear with me as I find it. It's already on the screen already because the guys are well in front of me. Luke 16 verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And in Luke 6, verse 38, as part of his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure, for, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We can also look to the Old Testament. For example, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And in Proverbs verse three, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, that is not the right thing. Honour the, the... Helps if you read the right chapter. Bear with me. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So we can see... There, there is a direct relationship with how we use our money, our gifts and our time and how much of God's power we can experience in our lives. And let's not forget, you cannot outgive God. God owns the, hill, the, the cattle on a thousand hills 
one of Matt's favourite verses in, in the Bible. He, he has more than we can ever have. And also, it's not ours to give, it's already his. So we're just giving it back to God. So we've got to have faith, got to have a faith that is giving, even though, even when we don't have it. I'll get to number four in a sec. Number four, <clears throat> faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. I look at this a little bit like spending time, you have a choice, spending time in God's word when there's a good Netflix series to binge on. There are other streaming platforms available. How do you develop persistence? How do you develop the kind of persistence that keeps you in a position where God has put you and every bone in your body says quit? Where can you find that kind of persistence? We can look at Moses in verses 24 and 27, Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as Pharaoh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Key to persistence is in that last phrase. He could see the invisible. He could see God. Only when we can see God and fix our eyes on him can we expect to accomplish the impossible. The key to persistence is to keep our eyes on God. And we read in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So let's fix our eyes. Let's persevere. Let's keep running. So we've got to have a faith that is persistent even when we don't feel like it. Number five, faith is thanking before I receive it. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he thanked his father God before he called him out of the tomb. We can read that in John 11. John 11, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, 
By this time, there is a bad odour, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he'd said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. He thanked God before the miracle of raising Lazarus happened. Back in Hebrews 11, verse 30, we read, By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Jericho was the most fortified city in the world at the time. The Israelites weren't going to defeat that city in a short space of time without God's intervention. So he got them to march around the city for seven days, and on the seventh day, seven times. What were they doing for those seven days? Thanking and praising God in advance. In advance. And the walls came down. Faith doesn't mean that you believe God can do something. He can do it, whether you believe it or not. Faith doesn't mean God will do something. That's hope. You hope he will. Faith is believing he's going to do it, that he's already doing it, and the answer is already on the way. We have got to have a faith that is thanking before we receive what we are getting. And finally, number six, faith is trusting even when it seems to be going wrong. Having faith does not exempt you from problems. I'm sure we all know that from personal experience. We can see that those mentioned in Hebrews weren't exempt from this either. Starting at verse 32, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and the other guy, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers, and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. 
The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. Almost anybody can trust God when things are going great. Real faith is developed in the valleys of our lives. When the situation looks impossible, when people look around us look hopeless, when the tide has turned against us and we're tempted to ask, why is this happening to me? We're tempted to shake our fists at God and shout, why? Abraham had to wait 25 years for Isaac to be born after God had promised he would become a great nation. David had to wait 22 years before he became king after being anointed by Samuel. And he spent a lot of that time on the run from Saul and in fear of his life. Jacob was deceived by Laban and married the wrong daughter. Joseph was put in prison. Moses had to leave his country in fear. Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. Stephen was stoned to death. Paul was imprisoned. Peter, Peter was crucified. They all had their problems in life. They all suffered for their faith. But they all kept trusting. We've got to have a faith that is trusting even when it seems to be going wrong. So what kind of faith do we need? We need to have a faith that is believing where we don't see it, obeying when we don't understand it, giving when we don't have it, persisting when we don't feel like it, thanking before we receive it, and trusting even when things are going wrong. Is that the faith I have? I am speaking to myself this morning just as much as anyone else. Is that the faith you have? Are we allowing pressures of life, of work, of the world to hinder our faith and our obedience to God? Or are we like those mentioned in Hebrews 11? Can we, can, be, can we be commended for our faith? Are you believing when you don't see it? Are you obeying when you don't understand it? Are you giving when you don't have it? Are you persisting when you don't feel like it? Are you thanking before you receive it? Are you trusting when you think it's going wrong? Let's pray. Lord, you tell us that uh, even with faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Lord, is our faith even the size of a mustard seed. Do we trust you completely? 
do we live our lives for you wholly? Do we believe, even when we don't see it? Do we obey, even though we don't understand? Do we give, even when we don't have it? Do we persist, even when we don't feel like it? Do we give you thanks, even before you give it? Do we trust you, even when we think things are not going to plan? Lord, I pray this morning that you would give us, each one of us, that kind of faith. The kind of faith that puts you first. The kind of faith that believes that you are with us every step of the way. The kind of faith that we will see miracles happening in our own lives. That our lives will be transformed that your name will be glorified through us and the way that we have faith in you. Lord, just ask that you would speak to us, each one of us, now and once we go through this week, that you will show us where we need to have more faith in you. Show us where our obedience is waning. Teach us to trust in you for all things. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.